What if you could complete your MBA in just one year? Thanks to the College of Charleston School of Business, now you can. Their accelerated MBA program condenses a traditional two-year program into one rigorous year, ensuring you not only save a year of tuition and fees, but also re-enter the workforce quickly and graduate with critical business knowledge. U.S. News & World Report recognized the College of Charleston MBA as number one in the country for its job placement rate within three months of graduation. Learn more at mba.cfc.edu. Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning, and welcome to Beyond the Business, brought to you by the College of Charleston School of Business. The College of Charleston School of Business, where students are beyond ready to work, they're ready to make an impact. Each Saturday morning at 9, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the Lowcountry talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. Now your hosts of Beyond the Business, Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood. And great Saturday morning, Low Country. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Business, presented by the College of Charleston School of Business, and heard here on 94.3, also simulcast on AHA Radio, Spotify, and iTunes. I'm one of your hosts, trying to get that out this morning, Eric Cox, here with the lovely and talented Leslie Haywood. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning. You want me to shake it from here? I I need to shut up this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, welcome. Welcome, Low Country. Happy Saturday to you, and thank you so much for spending your morning with us. And make sure and continue the fun beyond Saturday morning, and check us out on our Facebook page or at Beyond the Business, or go to Twitter at BTBCHS. Happy Saturday there, Eric. How you doing? I'm great. I'm great. You know, the I'm sure all of our listeners around the world, Leslie, are really wanting to know, how was your first Halloween as an empty, almost an empty nester, right? Not quite, but almost. Right. We went to dinner. Like, we, we were like, peace out, you know? We went yeah. to dinner. That's what you do now, right? <laughs> yeah. We went to dinner, then are you went the over to my with, Are you the house with the lights turned off on the front porch? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That's I did my time, man. I did my 18 years. I did my time. (laughs) Well, speaking of time, it just keeps on ticking by here in our eighth season of Beyond the Business. Again, uh, you know, great stories of entrepreneurship from around the world. We've had folks from Antwerp, Belgium to Canada to the Low Country, and we're excited to have you back for another edition. Last week was just a rock star we had over the last couple of weeks' show. Certainly, uh, Coach Pat Kelsey from the College of Charleston basketball program. New coach coming in, excited, fired up. Season's actually getting ready to start next week. Uh, Leslie, what was your big takeaway from Coach Kelsey's uh, talk? I'm so glad that we branched out and went the sports route. And I can't believe, you know, we hadn't thought of that sooner. It's a natural fit for this show because leading a sports team is so parallel to leading any other organization. And one thing that he said that was so true um, about every organization, I feel, is he puts culture over strategy. And if you interchange those words corporate for team, which is, you know, he was thinking of a team uh team culture, but it's so important to think of your culture first because winning a game or getting a sale or an account with a certain strategy isn't worth it if it goes against the culture that you've worked so hard to foster because all it will do will damage, do more damage than good in the long run. So I thought that that was very profound in both the sports world and the corporate world. 
Leslie, bringing it this morning. I like it. Good analysis, man. <laughs> I know. Up here this morning, so no, I, t- I ate my Wheaties. I love it. Well, you know what? Coach did a great job, and and as great as all his content was around, you know, success and strategy. I love the the statement about being elite at your profession, but yet at the same time being present in your kids' lives and at the balance that he uh, is achieving while at the same time, you know, doing great things. That's the mark of a true leader. And so again, Coach Kelsey, what a great show. Thanks for joining our show. Hey, good luck on the season, Coach K. Uh, And again, if you happen to miss his show, don't fret. Just simply go to iTunes, Spotify. You go to our website at coastalwm.com. Click on radio and listen to Coach Pat Kelsey's show as well as all of our shows over the last eight years. And as we normally do, we're turning the page to our next show, which we're excited to have here. Uh, I can't say in studio because we're still doing all this stuff virtual, uh, but we have Chad Strawn with us today, who is the founder and owner of Tidewater Pharmacy and Medical Supply here in Mount Pleasant. Chad, good morning to you, buddy. Good morning, y'all. How are you? We're doing great, man. We're excited to have you on. Thanks for carving out a little time this morning for us. Thanks for the invite. I'm excited. Well, we know you have had some crazy good things going on over there, and we're going to hear all about that, uh, particularly next week. Uh, but uh, before we go down the memory lane aspect, if you don't mind, maybe there's a listener, shame on them, that doesn't know Tidewater Pharmacy. Give us a quick 20-second commercial, if you don't mind. Yeah, so Tidewater Pharmacy, one of Mount Pleasant's premier pharmacies. Uh, we are truly an independent, know you by name when you walk in the door. Uh, we are truly about the community and uh, do anything that we can to help you. Free delivery all over the Mount Pleasant, Daniel Island, Sullivan's, Isle Palms. You know, so any any pharmacy need or medical need, we got you covered. Awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, now let's go back and see what made Chad, Chad. So let's start with your childhood and upbringing. So where were you born? And give us a little flavor about family life in those very early years, what your parents did and all that good stuff. Yeah. So um, I was born in, uh, I'm from originally Greensboro, North Carolina, um, and grew up in Greensboro, uh, living, you know, on the foothills of North Carolina. And uh, my grandparents were on the Wilmington side. So we'd go down and go to the beach here and there and had other grandparents up in the mountains. And so we'd kind of go back and forth. So we got the best of what North Carolina had to offer. Um, you know, I was an only child growing up. So, you know, no siblings. So kind of was totally along with my parents and uh, their friends. And we did our thing. So give us a little uh, idea of what kind of kid you were. Were you studious? Were you into sports? Were you in trouble all the time or all the above? Uh, no, I'm more studious than anything. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, my uh, growth spurt hit me at sixth grade. So I was shaving at seventh grade and uh, the coordination went out the door at that point in time from an athletic ability standpoint. So uh, I kind of stuck with the books and, uh, you know, graduated top of my class um, when we graduated high school and uh, went on to Chapel Hill, uh, UNC Chapel Hill for my undergrad and my pharmacy degree. So, you know, it was, um, I enjoyed school. It was, it was my, my thing. Now, I also, the nature versus nurture um, debate is one that we always have. Um, what did your parents do in the home and was there any influences on, as a youngster with your parents as far as being a leader and entrepreneur? 
You know, it's a um, good question. My, my, my mom, you know, my parents had me late in life. Um, and so they were a little bit older and, um, uh, my father was an entrepreneur, owned several businesses, as, through my childhood, uh, some successful, some not so successful. So I saw the ins and outs of what it meant to, to lose a business, grow a business, you know, make a successful business, sell it off, that type of thing. So I got a little taste of everything. And when you were a kid, being around that entrepreneur experience, first of all, were you like helping out? Were you working in the business? And secondly, did you ever think at that time, like, hey, when I grew up, I want to run my own business too? No, never thought about it at all, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, it, it, you know, I was not working in the business. It was more, he was in the petroleum world. So it was a lot of consulting type stuff that I, okay. I was above my head, above my pay grade at the time. Um, so it was, you know, one of those things where as a whole, you know, I just saw the stressors. <laughs> it was kind of like, do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? This seems a little crazy, you know? <laughs> So the entrepreneurship was something you were going to steer clear of. Um, well, so to a go point. Ahead. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. It's funny. Um, you look back at a senior year of high school and their senior paper. It says, you know, where we're going to school, what we're going to do. And right. it said that I was going to become a pharmacist and I was going to own my own pharmacy. And that was back in 1997. And who said, like, where did they get that? Is that, that an me. idea that that was a they, quote for me? That was so you knew back then that's what you wanted to do, yeah. But uh, we'll get to it. But I hated pharmacy school, like, <laughs> I absolutely hated pharmacy school. <laughs> so, before we even get to that part, back up a minute and yeah. what, what led you to write your paper on that? Like, where did the thought and the, the desire of going down that track? So one of my parents' good friends was a pharmacist, and he had been in the corporate world. Um, he never worked as a CBS, Walgreens-type pharmacist. He had been very successful in owning several pharmaceutical companies, um, had grown them, sold them, both on the branded side. And at that time, I mean, we're talking the early 90s, so you know there were still a lot of brands versus generics really going on at that point in time. Um, and so I saw how successful he was and had kind of planted the seed of let's, you know, Knew I was going to Chapel Hill. They have a great pharmacy program. Let's kind of, I went in as a freshman and declared my major as a pharmacy. Okay. So what happened? When did the wheels fall off the wagon? Well, they never did. I mean, you know. I, <laughs> you hated it, but you just. Well, it was one of those things where, you know, at that point in time, you realize like, you know, I did two years undergrad and four pharmacy. So I never really got an undergrad degree. I did six years of pharmacy school and got a doctorate out of it, but there wasn't much playtime. Um, so when I went to school, I was in summer school to be able to hit the prereqs that needed to get into pharmacy school. I joined a social fraternity, uh, lived in the paternity house, which was not good for pharmacy school. Uh, you know, I mean, my priorities were a little backwards at the time, but who would have, I mean, at, at 19, 20, 21, of course, of course they are, you know? Um, and so, of course, at the time I'm at Chapel Hill, they've decided to redo, they've been, the, uh, Mr. Carr had donated a ton of money, so they're going to redo the pharmacy school. So we were down to one lecture hall. So because we were the first class and the youngest class, all our classes were at 8 a.m., where my buddies had no classes on the Friday. They only had Tuesday, Thursday classes. <laughs> I mean, it was like, you know, Thursday was the big party night in Chapel Hill. So it was like, wait, 8 a.m. Friday? No, I'm not going to class. What is this about? <laughs> so uh, on your journey along uh, uh, college, was there ever a moment where you thought about changing the course and changing your path? 
Uh, at a time, yeah. I mean, like, I love the science piece of it all. Um, that was where, you know, I'm, I'm, I, th- I feel like I'm gifted versus the history and the English side of it all. So, you know, I knew I needed to do something in science. I wasn't willing to do the medical route, um, you know, from a from a physician standpoint. But I, I figured pharmacy was the best bet. And once you start started, I wasn't willing to back down. I'm kind and, of one all or nothing. So, so as you progress and you get you wind up with a doctorate after six years, that's that's impressive. Where did you go from there? So I joined, um, like our neighbor at the time, I joined corporate America and got a job with Eli Lilly. So in your final year of pharmacy school, um, you get an opportunity each month, you're in a different rotation, giving you kind of a taste of the different type of pharmacy fields there are, whether it's hospital, community, um, you know, rehab, different things like that, mental health. Um, and so I even got the opportunity to go to Alaska and work at a Indian health service clinic, which was a free clinic to Native Americans that live in Alaska. And I mean, it was, it was phenomenal. Um, but then I also got an opportunity to go up to Indianapolis, which was Lily's headquarters, and um, work with the corporate folks there for a month. And uh, they hired me on board once I graduated. So I hopped in a job down and moved to Macon, Georgia. Uh, you know, good old Macon. And uh, moved down there back in 2003, I guess it was. And um, the rest is history. So talk about what those first years were like out of college. You were, uh, I think you were what, a pharmaceutical rep with Eli. I was, Um, so I was was in sales, general sales. Um, you know, the cool thing was, is, um, my, my partners down there, they had, uh, they were from Macon and Macon was a hard place to, if you were a transplant, I think very similar to Charleston at the time, it's, it's migrated differently at this point in time. But if you were a transplant, you weren't really welcome. It was hard to break in. And three of my partners were actually local Macon folks that I I would sell with. We all had different drugs in our bags. Some of us would overlap. Um, And so they introduced me to a lot of the doctors, which they knew personally had grown up with personally. So, you know, and having a pharmacy background, I had a little bit more immediate respect than an average drug rep walking in the door. Um, I felt like I knew what I was talking about a little bit better, representing the drugs, that type of thing. And by the way, in case you're wondering whose voice that is, uh, it's Mr. Chad Strawn, who's the founder and owner of Tidewater Pharmacy and Medical Supply here in Mount Pleasant. Now, when you're going through this corporate... uh, Going through the corporate route, do you have as the long game... I'm going to own my own pharmacy or had that not, you were still, you were thinking corporate was the way to go. And where did, where did you see yourself in the corporate hierarchy? Where were you trying to get with that ladder? So as I told my wife, I was going to be CEO of Lily one day. Um, You know, I mean, it was kind of like, you know, the the sky's the limit, honestly. And so, you know, um, I worked for I worked for Lily down in Macon for four and a half years, got promoted, went inside at the time or internal at corporate. So we actually my wife and I, which we weren't married at the time, moved up to Cincinnati. She was going to get a master's program up at uh, University of Cincinnati, which allowed me an hour and a half from Lily corporate. So I was able to get a job covering um, a quarter of the country at the time. Um, it was, uh, I covered West Virginia over to the Dakotas and was on a plane five days a week. Um, it was a training job. It was it was perfect for 
our lives at the time. We quickly got married after we had moved up there. Um, and you know, it was one of those things where I'd come home on a Thursday or a Friday and head back out on a Sunday. And with her program, which was pretty intense, it worked great. It was a two and a half year program. So we were in Cincinnati from 07 to 09 and then, uh, did a little bit of manager jobs with Lily and realized, uh, I don't know if this is what I want to do, but we need to get back down south. Um, and so we didn't want to get too close to home. My wife's from Wilmington, me being from Greensboro. Charleston was open, and we said, you know what? Let's go to Charleston. So here we are. So, so talk a little bit about your time back up in Cincy, good old Skyline Chile area, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Skyline and, get it, and some get it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So talk about your time up in Cincy um, in corporate um, traveling around the country, right? Doing the corporate thing. What was it about the corporate experience at that time that you enjoyed? And then what was it about the corporate experience that started to wear on you? You know, uh, the, the, part that I enjoyed was being able to see against the sky's the limit. There's so many different avenues you can go, whether it's marketing, whether it's sales, whether it's medical, you know, there's so much different, um, array of opportunities. Um, you know, I really enjoyed the hands-on piece of training and the sales aspect of it because I'm a people person. And so being able to to engage these new representatives coming in, train them how to sell successfully, that type of thing, that's what I loved. Um, and then, you know, again, from that marketplace, and this was not, you know, there was a time where from a pharmaceutical standpoint, there was the good old days um, where you got, you know, you wind and dined physicians. I joined it right after that was shut down. <laughs> And so, so no going to the Super Bowl, no, no Vegas no. trips with exactly. the debauchery no. you missed. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we still had a, a, a decent budget. We could take people out to dinner, that type of thing. Um, but, you know, ultimately the, the gate started closing and it was harder and harder to get in and see physicians and see your customers. Um, and you had to get past the gatekeepers and that type of thing. And, you know, at the end of the day, I saw myself becoming a glorified caterer and I was walking in with lunches every day was the only way to get in to see a physician or get in front of them to talk which is the requirement of the job so it became very difficult to teach them or or educate them on what you had in your bag and fortunately at the time when I joined Lily we were launching brand name drugs we were in the middle of launching first of first of class drugs um, you know, first of its kind, uh, no me too drugs at the time. So it was, it was important that we get in there, educate these folks on how to use it. A lot of it, I was in the diabetes space. So a lot of it was injectables, um, being insulin and insulin like products. So you, you run the risk of hyperglycemia and hypoglycemia if it's used improperly, that type of thing. So, I mean, it was really important you get in and educate these folks. So what was the job position that opened up in Charleston that was appealing to you besides just the location? So I knew I needed to get back down south. I mean, my wife was graduating. We wanted to figure out, you know, she was graduating in the anesthesia world. Um, and so we needed to be near a big hospital. Um, and, you know, I was actually the, the, uh, the job I joined was a hospital sales rep. So it was it's slightly different than calling on just your average physicians. It was calling on accounts at that point in time, which is a longer sell versus, you know, your your 
cell that you go in and see once a week or whatever. This is something that's going to take a little time. You have to get in front of the P&T committees, different aspects, the purchasers within the hospital. So it was like a piece of a puzzle. Let's figure out how we go here, how you circumnavigate these folks and and get the buy-in to be able to get your product on formulary. And once it's on formulary, it's going to be on formulary for a while. So it was a different type of sales avenue I'd never experienced before, which was the intriguing piece of it. So you spent the better half of about 12 years, I think it was, Chad, doing the pharmaceutical run in Cincy, coming to Charleston, you're walking and rolling. What starts to happen in your brain that says, all right, the corporate route may not be the ultimate long run for me? You know, at the end of the day, when you have to sit down and do your star reports of the different aspects of why you think you're entitled to a um, a raise, you know, yet there's a there's a pot of money that there's always going to be a bell curve, and you may be the best, but you there's somebody's got to get a little here. So, at the end of the day, I started thinking about it, and you realize you're just a number in the corporate world. It doesn't matter, you know when, where, how, you still are a number. And there were so many times where I sat on the phone, we would get an email at five o'clock saying, "Be sit by your phone tomorrow at 8 a.m. Starting at 8 a.m., you will get a call and you'll determine we're re- redistricting, we're mm-hmm. creating new geographies. Do you have a job? Do you not have a job? And fortunately, I was um, in that realm until 2015 was the first time that I ever had to sit back and then say, hey, you no longer have a position. And so, you know, it was, I went through a lot of that and it was very stressful because, I mean, you're dealing with like a severance package. Am I going to have a job? At this point in time, I had a kid on the way. And so it's like, you know, you, you sit down and you you count your blessings and say some prayers and go from there and see what happens. So that was, that was your way out of corporate. You eventually got let go. Uh, yes, but I had already opened the pharmacy at the time, so uh, I the, the wheels the wheels started spinning. So again, this is a, a show about entrepreneurship, right? And for a lot of our clients, our clients are our guests. Uh, I'm thinking business here, Leslie. A lot of our guests are <laughs> always, always business. Always thinking business. Um, you know, they're they a lot of them are like you. They jump off a corporate ladder. I did that. I spent 20 years in corporate, jumped off the ladder. So, give uh, our audience, some of those listeners out there right now, who may be thinking about that themselves, like mentally, what did you go through, and how did you put the right plan together to eventually make that move? So, I mean, fortunately, I I left Lilly in 2012 and joined another little startup company here um, that allowed me to call on pharmacies. And I was able to meet a mentor, and uh, Mr. Charles Thompson up in Orange, uh, Orangeburg. And um, he was one of those guys that I went in one day and I said, I think I'm going to open a pharmacy. And he has probably the most successful pharmacy DME practice. He's right next door to a Walgreens, and he does over 800 scripts a day which is unheard of. I mean, your average CVS Walgreens is maybe 400. Um, and so, I mean, he, he kills it. And his dad started the pharmacy years ago. He had two consolidated down to one. And I went into him, sat down, and I said, I think I'm going to open a pharmacy. He looked at me and goes, are you crazy? Why would you do such a thing? And, you know, um, we well, sat down. What was your answer? <laughs> I said, well, I'm tired of doing what I'm doing. I'm a pharmacist to trade, and I'd like to utilize that piece. I'm a people person, as you well know. And so he kind of took me under his wing and helped guide me. Um, and so putting together a business plan um, that started in 2012 and then really come to fruition, we think 
uh, I think we looking back on the dates, like around 2013, 2014, signed a lease um, to where we currently are on a plot of land. So all I saw was renditions, architectural drawings of the building that was going to be built at some point in time. Um, and, uh, you know, started it all, you know, putting the business plan, going to get the small business loan, finding the bank that would do it, you know, just kind of without the help of my wife and the, the support from her, I would have never been able to do this, you know. Um, and, you know, I look back and, and it, it was it was a long time in the making, but now we're six years and a half into this and it's like the best time I've ever had. I'm the happiest I've ever been. So looking back on it, it's worth the jump. So do you feel like, um, for those listening, if it's possible to do both, cause you were a little bit of double dipping, right? You still had a job, um, at, with the smaller company and then you were working towards this. Um, so, obviously, do you feel like that was a, a good thing to do? Yes, because, you know, number one, I, I, double dipping was a, it, I wasn't double dipping because when I opened the store, I had two pharmacists. I had one that was the, what they call the pharmacist in charge, and then I had a compounding pharmacist. So I was out there promoting the pharmacy in my job to the physicians, but other than that, I wasn't working here. You know, I still had worked full time. So, you know, um, a little double dipping. They didn't know that I had opened a pharmacy, and my goal was to back myself into the pharmacy ultimately. But again, I got laid off before I had the opportunity to do that. And I mean, I'll give you the, the nitty gritty. I mean, six months into opening, I had to lay off one of those pharmacists. Um, we weren't as successful as we had thought we were going to be. Um, money was running out, um, even went to the point of um, we actually put our house on the market and sold our house to free up some cash and bought it downsized, uh, had a child at the time, another one on the way. And again, without the support of my wife, would have never been able to do that. You know, and um, so you, you, it's the it's the chance you take. But at the end of the day, it's been so worth those. What a perfect place to end our show today, by the way, Chad. What a great story. We look forward to coming back next week and obviously hearing, as old Par Harvey used to say, the rest of the story, right? So, again, thank you for sharing that. Again, Chad Strawn, who is the founder and owner of Tidewater Pharmacy and Medical Supply here in Mount Pleasant. We'll look forward to having you back next Saturday morning. And until then, Low Country, have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business, brought to you by the College of Charleston School of Business. The College of Charleston School of Business, where students are beyond ready to work, they're ready to make an impact. Tune in next Saturday morning at 9 for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC. The College of Charleston School of Business is recognized among the top 30 colleges for studying business abroad by the Business Research Guide. With nine undergraduate majors, 10 minors, and six concentration areas, an honors program in business, and master's programs in business and accountancy, the College of Charleston School of Business has more than 3,000 students enrolled. Their students are ready to work, and they're ready to make an impact. For more info, visit sb.cfc.edu.